Brackets and Bets on the Sports Gambling Podcast Network is presented by WinBet. The WinBet Casino is now offering a 100% deposit match up to $1,000 for new users. Download the WinBet app now or visit wynnbet.com and start winning today. We're also brought to you by PropSwap, America's marketplace to buy and sell sports bets. Use promo code SGP on your first deposit to receive up to $500 in bonus cash. Head over to PropSwap.com or download the PropSwap app. We're also brought to you by StableDuel. StableDuel is a horse racing DFS app where you can play free and paid games for real cash prizes. You can win as much as $25,000 with one entry. Head over to StableDuel.com to get started today. And of course, don't forget to download the SGPN app for all of our free picks and podcasts. I'm your host, Noah Beanick of Brackets and Bets, hosted by the Sports Gambling Podcast Network. And I'm joined by the one and only, he is 29 and 24 on Tally Site, competing against CBS analysts all across the country and average Joes all across the country that consider ourselves sports media journalists. He is Nick Famalant. How are you doing, Nick? I'm doing good. I'm I'm loving these first couple of days of March Madness. I'm so excited, man. This has been a great journey so far. Yeah, man, I, I feel good as well because they tweeted out how everybody was doing after during round two only, and I was fourth. Um, what was my record there? I, I didn't prepare. 11 and 5 ATS. I'll take that any day of the week. So that let's get insane. into this. Yeah, that was pretty good. Um, let's get into this because we do not have a lot of time to waste. Um, nobody wants to hear an intro. We just want to get right to the picks. Nick, how is your bracket looking? How many Sweet 16 teams? How many uh, Elite 8 teams? How many Final Four teams do you got over there? So it's looking a little messy, but out of the Sweet 16, I still got nine teams alive. So there is a chance uh, if we go down to the Elite 8, I still have six teams alive. And in the Final Four, I got three alive with Kentucky being my only one that is going home. Is there a sweet 16 pick that you're very proud of? Um, nope. Not a single one was uh, an unexpected pick. I'm pretty chalky all across the board. <laughs> oh, he goes by Mr. Chalk on Twitter. Follow him at CBB Nick. But you can follow me on Twitter at 77, the word 70, the number 7, NB. I have 10 sweet 16 teams left, 5 elite 8. Two final four Wisconsin Sunday night just ripped my heart out. Um, my bracket was looking, in my opinion, great in some of the pools that I'm in until Wisconsin lost. So the pick that I'm most proud of, I cashed UNC plus 350 to make the sweet 16. Um, what a game that was. I had Providence plus 275 to make the Sweet 16. And I had my boys in blue, Michigan plus 260 to make the Sweet 16. And I'll be completely honest, I had a few others as well that bricked Wisconsin plus 110, bricked U- UConn plus 135, awful. USC plus four, 450. They lost to your Miami Hurricanes that you said could be a dark horse in this region. 
Um, and then Indiana, they didn't even show up for their second game. And UAB plus 650, who I didn't think played a bad game, but Houston was just the much better team. Nick, any futures on your end that are still alive? Um, I got a couple long shots. Um, and by long shots, I mean just mean deeper into the tournament. Um, I still got Duke uh, to win it. I got Duke to win um, the West. After all of these wrapped up, I got Duke plus 425. And uh, I just locked up actually Miami plus 475 to win the Midwest. I'm, uh, like you said, I'm, I'm back on the ACC. I was down on them. I beat them up on our last two episodes, but they're proving me wrong. The ACC looks just as strong as the Big 12. Um, I, I like Miami. They look stronger than the big 10 and the sec, right? Oh yeah. hundred percent. Yeah. The big 10 pushed across two of their nine teams to the sweet 16 and the sec only got one of their five. Pretty disappointing from the sec when everybody was thinking, Hey, they're the, they're the conference this year. They can compete with the big 12. Yeah. Not so much. Welcome to the, welcome to the show. The sec brackets and bets is brought to you by WinBet. Are you looking for a Las Vegas-style casino fun in the palm of your hand? Look no further than WinBet, the premier online casino from the five-star Win Resorts properties. From classic table games to all the best slots, thrills, and jackpots, WinBet has everything you need for the ultimate casino experience. Sign up today and receive a 100% first match up to $1,000. WinBet. Win hour from 2 p.m. to 3 p.m. Pacific time. Better prices on select games. Anyone who has the WinBet app is alerted right on the hour. There's so much to choose from, and all you have to do is download the WinBet app or go to wynnbet.com to get started. Offer subject to change. Terms and conditions at winbet.com. Must be 21 or older and present in the state where play through WinBet is available. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem, call 1-800-522-4700. Most coffee is dull and stale and questionably sourced, but it's easy to get stuck in a rut and drink whatever you have. Instead of standing in front of all of the options in your grocery store, let Trade Coffee help you find something new to love. Take the coffee quiz to get started. Trade Coffee guarantees you'll love your first bag or they'll replace it for free. And for our listeners right now, Trade Coffee is offering a total of $20 off your first three bags when you go to drinktrade.com slash SGP. That's more than 40 cups of coffee for free. To get started, take their quiz at drinktrade.com slash SGP and start your journey to your perfect cup of coffee. That's drinktrade.com slash SGP for $20 off your first three bags of coffee. We are forecasting our bracket at the end of this episode. We'll touch on, again, the futures that we like. Nick, let's start it off in review. You have the West region. Go. Yeah, so this has been a crazy, crazy uh, region in terms of just like close games, but the favorite uh, always coming out on top. Um, obviously, you have Gonzaga moving on to the Sweet 16. I think everyone in the world expected that. Um, you have Holmgren, who's... Not Colby. Uh, oh, <laughs> yeah, not Colby. Um, shout out to Colby. Uh, he but, does have him winning it all, but he took him as his dog. 
<laughs> That's so funny. Memphis has his dog, but Gonzaga, he has one. I mean, Memphis put up a great fight that game. That game was so close. I live bet Memphis. Uh, I, I Nothing would make me happier than seeing Gonzaga lose. Um, so I'm going to root for whoever they're playing every game. Yeah, that spread um, was too high, too. It was like nine when I grabbed it. I locked the thing on Tally's site so quickly. Yep, I think it closed at 10 um, right before the tip. So that spread was just way too big. Um, it, unfortunately for Memphis, they went four for 19 from three that game. Uh, if they could have hit a, even a couple extra threes that game, um, who knows what could have happened down the stretch. I mean, there was a four-point uh, margin of victory for them. But, uh, you know, nonetheless, I think Memphis had a great uh, turnaround at the end of the season. Penny Hardaway really turned around that team um, from what they started out and everyone was down on Penny Hardaway, including me. Um, but they had a great season and, and shout out to them. Um, but in terms of Gonzaga, I mean, obviously you have Holmgren. He's, he's been a little bit quiet. I would say he had nine points, nine rebounds and four blocks on that game against Memphis. Uh, Timmy and Nemhard combined for 48 in that game, they obviously carried uh, the load, and as they do um, almost every game, um, Nemhard was fifty percent from three, going five for ten. The problem I have with Gonzaga um, is their bench. Their bench had two points in this Memphis game. So moving on into the later rounds, if they run into foul trouble or someone gets injured or they, you know, whatever pops up to make them pull their bench players in it makes me very worried for them because if your bench is only able to contribute two points, um, I mean, what are you going to do if it's someone that Tim, like Timmy, who's getting into foul trouble or, um, you know, I don't, obviously you don't want to see anyone get injured, but if it does happen, who's going to come in for a guy like Timmy or Nemhard and be able to contribute as much as they do. Um, so that's what really scares me about them. Um, so now touch on, Arkansas and how they got to the sweet 16. And then we'll pick this game against the spread after. Perfect. So Arkansas had a very close game against Vermont. Uh, they also four point margin of victory. That game was wire to wire the entire time. A very exciting game. Um, yeah. I mean, they, we expected it. I know you picked Vermont to, to outright win that game. Locked it. Or, locked yeah, it. I locked the, against the spread, picked them. the win Right. Outright. Right. Um, and then they moved on to face New Mexico State, who upset UConn in a very boring game, uh, very defensive battle, which I guess you kind of expect with New Mexico State in the mix. They are a very good defensive team. Um, but that was just uh, kind of weird for Arkansas, I guess, not really putting up any points really at all. I mean, Note obviously had 18. He's their key guy. Um, Amude, who had a fantastic game in the first round, um, he was kind of quiet in that game, only having nine points. But I guess, again, that's kind of expected when you only put up 53 as a team. Um, but he had 21 and nine boards, and he was three for four from three in that first-round game. Um, obviously, this team's going to have to rely on Note, and hopefully Amude steps up again versus Gonzaga. They're also going to need Williams to step in and provide some points. Um, but, yeah, if we want to touch on the spread of Gonzaga versus Gonzaga's Arkansas. favored by eight and a half. Yeah, I think that's too many points. Uh, I think Arkansas is going to be able to stay within that number. I really, again, nothing will make me happier than Gonzaga losing. But um, I don't know if the must-bus can take them out. I really think it's going to be a close game, though. So I'm going to take the nine points with Arkansas. Um, I think they 
have enough to just stay within that number. And again, like I said, with the bench, if anything happens where the starters have to come out and they got to put their bench players in for an extended period of time, it makes me nervous. Yeah. So if you look at Sally's site or uh, the SGPN app, download that or go to gamblingpodcast.com, you will see our picks um, from Tally's site. And we grabbed that at nine when it opened. Currently, WinBet has it at eight and a half. I still like Arkansas. I locked Arkansas plus nine. I feel like this game could play out a lot like Gonzaga's game against Memphis. Arkansas, a very good defensively, very good defensive team. And then you could easily see JD Note taking over. I feel like he's probably the best guard on the floor, although I am um, satisfied with the guard play of Zaga. And like I said in the last podcast that we held, um, I just feel like nine, eight and a half is too many points for the Razorbacks and what they've shown me so far defensively, what they can do. Special shout out to Teddy Allen, who was an absolute character in that game, taking down UConn in front of all of their home fans. That was, although I hated to see it because I had UConn moving on and I had futures on UConn, that was pretty cool. Um, so you're on Arkansas as well here. Yeah, I just think eight and a half, nine is too many. I see it again. I, I agree with you completely. I think it's going to be like a Memphis type game where it's going to come down to the very end and it's going to be a, maybe a three, four point win. Yeah, I'm going to lock it, but no music today because it was not working in the last podcast and I'd rather it work completely or not have it at all. <laughs> That's just kind of how I am. So I will figure that out for future podcasts that I host here on the Sports Gambling Podcast Network but it won't be today. All right, Nick, we have Texas Tech and Duke. Let's review on how these teams got here. Okay, so Texas Tech, obviously moving on past Montana State, beat them by 35, not really too much to touch on this game. They just put on, surprisingly, an offensive clinic, um, which is not normally what you hear out of Texas Tech, but uh, a very good game. Uh, they moved on to face Notre Dame, who brought the luck of the Irish from St. Patrick's Day almost all the way to the second weekend of the March Madness tournament. Um, that was a very close game. Notre Dame really put up a good fight. Um, Notre Dame is legit. They looked really good. Um, again, props to them. Uh, I thought we, I think we kind of expected that after they came out of that game um, with records that Notre Dame was going to be um, a force to be reckoned with in that Alabama game. I didn't really think they would keep it that close for Texas Tech, but um, props to them. Obviously, Texas Tech has the best defense left in the tournament. The only team that was better than them uh, was San Diego State, who got knocked out to Creighton. Um, uh, they have O'Banner, who uh, has 25 points and 26 rebounds through the first two games of the tournament. Bryson Williams, 34 points, five rebounds, four assists through the first two games. Um, and then Shannon Jr. had 20 points versus Montana State. Um, I don't think those numbers are going to be able to stay that high throughout this tournament. They're obviously a defensively focused team. They do struggle offensively, which I think we kind of saw in that Notre Dame game. Um, so Duke is really going to have to step it up um, offensively because it's, again, it's just a very, very good defense, the best left in the tournament um, that they're going to have to get by. So they're going to have to rely on their guard play to um, carry them through. Um, in terms of how Duke got here, obviously put a uh, slapping on CS Fullerton in the first round, beat them by 17, <clears throat> and then a very, very close, awesome game versus Michigan State. Uh, my heart was beating a million times a second during that game. I really wanted to get revenge on his own Michigan state from 2019. Um, thankfully we did. Um, 
Mark Williams, I think was the key player in that Michigan state game. He was doing everything in that first half. Um, so far through the first two games, he has 30 points, 15 boards and 10 blocks. Um, I feel bad for anyone trying to drive on Mark Williams because he is going to always be there to protect the rim. Um, and a stat I saw, he hasn't fouled out. Um, and I can't remember the amount of games, but the amount of times that Mark Williams can test shots down low and to not foul out, I think maybe the entire season or at least a majority of the season is pretty impressive because he's always going to contest. If you're down low trying to get a dunk, a layup, he's going to be there. Um, so really shout out to Mark Williams. He kept us in that and and kept the lead in that first half. Obviously, you have Bancaro, who has 36 points, 17 rebounds for the first two rounds. Um, AJ Griffin, <clears throat> I'm expecting him to come back for this game. Um, he has 17 points, uh, nine boards through the first few. And then obviously Jeremy Roach was huge in that game. He had 15 points. He put the dagger in MSU with a minute 15 on the clock with that, um, moon ball three. Um, obviously I'm going to back Duke here. They're a plus one dog in this game. I think, as I said, in the first podcast, the winner of this game is going to win this region. I think these are two teams are better than Gonzaga. Um, but yeah, obviously I'm going to lock up Duke. I'm going to, I'm going to cheer them on. I'm going to sweat it out, but blue devils in this one. Yeah. You mentioned how well um, Mark Williams has been playing so far. And you think back to the beginning of the year when Duke took on Gonzaga for me, the player of that game was Mark Williams to be able to compete against drew Timmy and Chet Holmgren down low. It was very, very impressive. And you like Duke's chances to get to Gonzaga because they have the offense to compete with, the Zags. And for me, I think they, ha- they have enough defense to hinder Gonzaga and just stay with them. Whereas Texas tech, I don't see that from the offense. Again, they, they ran it up on Montana state, which you don't typically see, but that was a slugfest against Notre Dame. I don't think they have the offense to get through Gonzaga. So I, I agree with you. If Duke gets there, Duke has a better chance. Um, but specifically for this Duke Texas Tech game, right now we have a line at minus one favoring Texas Tech. I feel like I'm getting a good number on Duke plus one, but I'm afraid that all of the uh, casuals are going to jump in on Thursday night and just hammer Duke. Uh, I feel like Duke could be a favorite going into the game. Plus one seems like a good number, and I like where that's at. If you're a Tech, if you want to back tech, I would wait till game time because I, I do think that there will be a lot of Dukies jumping in on this game. Uh, this game will be played at 9.39 on CBS. Arkansas Gonzaga will be, will be played at 7.09 on CBS. Nick, I am going to back your Blue Devils, but I don't have a whole lot of confidence in it. Plus one. So I agree with you that if you're going to take Texas Tech, wait until tip or at least the day of. Um, as of right now, it looks like 65% of the public and 55% of the money is on Duke. So if those numbers go up, I obviously that number is going to drop in favor of Texas Tech. Um, but yeah, I mean, I'm going to lock them up. I can't, I, I'm never going to root against them, right? I think they, like you said, I think they have the offensive firepower. They Got to step it up defensively, and we need our guards to just step it up offensively. I really hope A.J. Griffin is good. Um, I haven't really seen any update on him. I 
but I, I would imagine that he's going to play. I wish this game was on Friday so they would get an extra day uh, for him to recover a little bit more, but uh, yeah, I love Duke. So yeah, throw. I mean the big, the big red alert button for me uh, is just this line is really small and tech is not great at the line. Um, if you have, if you're looking for one advantage to maybe if we encourage you to bet all these games coming up, we've only got 10 college basketball games left. Uh, I, I don't know if that's, if that number is correct, but uh, yeah, if you're going to jump on this, I think your play is Duke right now as they're a dog. And then if you're going to wait, go tech, but I like the low number with Duke. And if this game is down at down to the wire, you know, there could be some favorable calls going K's away. And you know that tech is not particularly strong from the line. I like Duke plus one. Um, the South region on brackets and bets is brought to you by SGPN's merch madness. Are you looking for a sweet SGPN hoodie every day? March madness games are being played. We'll be giving away a hoodie. Just go to sports gambling podcast.com slash merch madness to enter That's sports gambling podcast.com slash merch madness to enter. Did you know that browsing online incognito mode doesn't actually protect your privacy? That's right. Without added security, you might as well give away all your private data to hackers, advertisers, your ISP, and other prying eyes. That's why I use IPVanish VPN to make it easy to stay truly private and secure on the internet. IPVanish helps you safely browse the internet by encrypting 100% of your data. This means that your private... Private details, passwords, communications, browsing history, and more will be completely shielded from falling into the wrong hands. Even your physical location will be hidden. IPVanish makes you virtually invisible online. It's that simple. You can even use IPVanish on unlimited devices without sacrificing on speed. Your computers, tablets, phones, even devices like your Fire Stick when you're streaming media. Whether I'm at home or in public, I don't go online anymore without using IPVanish. IPVanish is offering an incredible 70% off their yearly plan for our listeners with a 30-day money-back guarantee. That's just like getting nine months for free. IPVanish is super easy to use. All you have to do is tap one button and you're instantly protected. You won't even know it's on. Stop sharing the world. Everything you stream everything you search for, and everything you buy. Take your privacy back today with the brand rated 4.6 out of 5 on Trustpilot. So go to ipvanish.com slash SGP and use promo, promo code SGP and claim 70% savings. That's ipvanish, I-P-V-A-N-I-S-H dot com slash SGP. Let's head over to the South Regional. That is uh, one of my regionals that I'd like to cover. Um, we start with Arizona, who's in the Sweet 16. They're taking on Houston. The Wildcats scratched and clawed themselves out of San Diego into the South Sweet 16. There was controversy in the TCU game with awful refs, which was unfortunately a theme throughout the first weekend of the tournament, in my opinion. Arizona's dynamic guard and big duo of Benedict Matherin and Christian Coloco shined. Matherin had 18 points, five rebounds against Wright State and 30 points, eight rebounds and four assists against TCU. Coloco put up 17 rebounds or 17 points, 13 rebounds and six assists versus the Raiders of Wright State. 
and 28 points, 12 rebounds, and two assists against the Horned Frogs. Um, and then Houston, I doubted them in Pittsburgh the whole weekend. I had UA, I had UAB pulling off the upset, and Houston came out and blitzed the Blazers with three balls and then controlled every minute of the game against Illinois. Kelvin Sampson led the Cougars to a 14-point win against UAB and a 15-point win against the Fighting Illini. Senior shooting guard Kyler Edwards has shot the lights out with 25 points and seven boards against UAB and 16 points, six rebounds, and four assists against Illinois. Edwards shot 50% from three, going 10 of 20. Nick, what do you see between Arizona and Houston? Yeah, this is going to be a close game. That I'm hoping that struggle versus TCU is kind of a one-off um, because I think Arizona is the better team here, but Houston is really uh, proving me wrong. That game versus UAB, I really thought UAB was going to keep it within that number, and they played good. Um, Houston, like you said, Houston was just blitzing them from three. Um and in that Illinois game, I think, I, I mean, again, I was wrong about Curbelo hand up like way wrong. Um, he was a very big detriment um, in, in the, in that game. He just is a maniac with the ball and Houston just outclass him there. Um, I like this game. It's going to be great. I, I think the winner of this game gets out of this region to move on. I think it's going to be a very close game. Um, I'm concerned about crease on Arizona. I I know that he's not a hundred percent and I know that he wants to play in this game and it's hard to tell a kid that he can't play in the game when this is every kid's dream. Um, but I feel like he's also kind of hurting Arizona, not being at a hundred percent and not being able to play at full power. Um, I do like Arizona. Um, I'm going to back the wildcats here, but it's a hesitant play because I, if Houston wins, I won't be surprised at all. Yeah, you mentioned the winner of this game. You favor them to come out of the South region. Arizona's plus 140. They're the betting favorite to come out of the region. The number two betting favorite to come out of the region, though, is Houston at plus 225. Then you got Villanova at plus 240, Michigan at plus 900. You look at Arizona against Houston. This will be a pretty interesting game. And in my book, I think it's the best game of the first round. This game will be played at 9.59 p.m. TBS on TBS. Arizona and Houston are the number two and number three teams ranked on Kempom. And for your confirmation, Houston is the number two team. This is the spot where I'm going to hedge out all of my Arizona futures because I feel like this is a tough matchup. I didn't have Houston getting here on my bracket. <sighs> If Zona is going to fall, it's here. <laughs> um, Ken Palm has Houston winning this game by one point. They're awful shooting three throw, free throws, and I faded them twice thinking they'd fall. They haven't. I'm going to tail Houston here because they're playing in San Antonio. <laughs> this is scary. This is a scary game for all the money that I have on Arizona to make the elite eight, make the final four, win the championship. Um, so I'm going to hedge it out here. I can be, I have Houston plus two on tally. I have Houston winning the game on tally site. Um, but all, of, all of the money's on Zona. I really, really nervous uh, about this one. And 
Although I, I feel like Zona's going to win, I would not be surprised if Houston does, like you said. Um, minus two, Arizona. Where are you falling, Nick? So just to look at the money spread and the public spread, like you said, Arizona is a big public play at 72%. The money is 50-50. There's, it's 51% of the money is on Arizona, just in case that sways your decision. Um, but I'm going to lay the two with Zona. Uh, it's just going to be a close game. It's, it is a scary spot considering they're playing in San Antonio, like you said. Um, I, I, I just like Arizona here. I, it's going to be close. Though. This, this, like you said, this is, if I wasn't a Duke fan, this is definitely the best game of the first round. I'm going to put Duke just a step above, but this game is going to be awesome. You, I mean, everyone's got to tune into this one. Yeah. Um, and then we talk about the other matchup in this regional Michigan my Wolverines surprised a lot of people in Indianapolis with their first set of back-to-back wins since early February. They exploited a matchup advantage. They had down low out rebounding Colorado state 36 to 25 and Hunter Dickinson put up 21 points. Frankie Collins who stepped in for injured Devante Jones put up 14, six and two and Eli Brooks had 23 points and five assists when he emerged in game two against Tennessee. Michigan in both games was losing at halftime and then came out and dominated in the second half in game number two. I don't know if you guys saw it, but uh, Michigan Twitter was blowing up about it because Uris Plavsic, I believe that's how you say his name called Dickinson too small after he put after he had a put back on him, the very next possession Dickinson goes down and receives the ball and dunks on him. (laughs) And Dick proceeded to score 13 points, grab eight boards, to Blavsic, two points and one rebound. There's an edge to this Michigan team, and I love the way they're playing right now. The attitude right now is just attacking it like they've been doubted. They weren't supposed to belong. That's awesome when you're an 11 seed dog, but you were preseason ranked top five. Give me that all day. Villanova, their opponent, advances to the second weekend after a 20-point win against Delaware and a 10-point win against Ohio State. We all knew about Colin Gillespie and he did Gillespie things this weekend here in Pittsburgh, but I was impressed with Jermaine Samuels performance over the weekend. The big man went up against EJ Liddell in round two and recorded 17 points and eight boards against Delaware. He put up 15 and nine with two assists. Nick Michigan is plus five. I'm going to take it. Where are you? Oh, this is such a hard one because Villanova is really going to struggle down low against Dickinson. Uh, I think the guard play from Villanova is better than Michigan's. Um, so the, like I said, the biggest thing I'm concerned about is down low. I think anything at five and lower is a play on Nova for me. I think the guard play is going to shine. I think we've said it um, before that, guards win you games in March. Um, That's a big reason why I back a lot of the teams that I do. And another thing that uh, I take heavy into handicapping is free throws. If there's one thing you can trust with Villanova, it's their free throw shooting. Um, They are shooting as a team, 82%. You would love to have one guy on your team that shoots 82%. The entire team, uh, of Villanova is averaging 82% from the line. Oh, Michigan's not that bad. We're shooting I, 75% from the line. Agreed. 75% from the line as a team is also very good. I'm, I'm not knocking them at all. It's just that these late games, if it's close down the stretch and you're going to put someone at the line, 
um, you just put a lot of faith in someone like Gillespie, who's been uh, playing for what feels like 10 years. And if you have put him at the line or even Caleb Daniels at the line, these guys are, um, I don't want to jinx them, but they're kind of automatic from um, at the free throw line. So I just put that heavy into my handicapping. So anything at five and below, I'll take Villanova. Um, anything at five and a half or above, I may switch over to Michigan if it somehow climbs up. But at five, we'll take it with the Wildcats. Villanova versus Michigan will be a great matchup of the 2018 National Championship game. Nova seems like a popular side, in my opinion, and for good reason. People are saying there's a coaching edge. I'll stand up against that argument and saying in the past two tournaments that Jawan Howard has been able to coach in 2020 aside with no tournament, Howard is six and one. And in all seven games, he's been without one of his top two starters, Isaiah Livers and Devante Jones. Last game, Michigan held Tennessee to 11% from beyond the arc and Nova shoots 36% beyond the arc and they live and die by their threes. 46.7% of their shots are three pointers throughout the year. Nova's weakness has been interior defense. Dickinson and Diabate are dogs. If the Wolverines can hinder the Wildcats from deep, Michigan's big men will be the difference. Michigan plus five is a lock for me. And I hope I'm able to watch this game. (laughs) Sorry to all my Twitter followers Saturday night, but uh, anything you'd like to add before we jump back to your side of the bracket, Nick? Uh, I'm just praying that your Wi-Fi works so you don't have to watch this on phone. <laughs> that was, in my opinion, that was hilarious, but that was probably so annoying for my followers and most of them for college baseball. The East Region on Brackets and Bets is brought to you by Stable Duel. There are never enough things to gamble on, and the one sport that runs 365 days a year is horse racing. Best part about it is there's a new way to play the ponies, especially if you are brand new to the sport. Check out Stable Duel, a daily fantasy-style app where you can play free and paid games for real cash prizes. Pick your horses, build your stable, and play against others to move up the leaderboard. Win as much as $25,000 with one entry. Don't know anything about the horses? Don't worry. The app gives you clear data on which horses to select to build your best strategy. The app is free to download at StableDuel.com. Multiple games are offered each day with free games weekly at tracks all over the United States. Get in the app, create your account, and start building your stables today. Invite your friends to play against you or play against our stables. You can even follow them in the app, and we can compare our own stats. Download now at StableDuel.com and see how many winners you can pick in your stable. See you in the winner circle. Play, race, win. Uh, let's get to the East Regional, which is designated to you. So let's like, take a look at the East. We have Shocker, North Carolina, moving on to the Sweet it's 16. Not a shocker. No. Uh, no. I have uh, maybe, maybe not for you, maybe not for some people, but <laughs> first for the other half of the people, it might be a bit of a shocker that North Carolina looks uh lights out they are shooting the ball incredibly well they're averaging 94 and a half points per game through these first two rounds and they're moving on to face ucla in the sweet 16 ucla really struggled versus akron in that first round squeaking out a win they trailed for a lot of that game and i was very nervous that they were going to lose to the zips there um but then they went on to face St. mary's in the second round and um kind of clicked um hawk has obviously um banged up and who knows 
if he's going to be back for this game versus UNC. And I think that plays a huge factor in this game. Um, I think without Hawkins, UCLA is really going to struggle. So I advise that if you're going to back UNC, um, you take a look at their spread now. Um, because if Hawkins gets ruled um, out for sure, that line is definitely going to drop. Um, But for this game, Brady Manick is uh, on fire. He's shooting 50% from three. He had 54 uh, points combined through his first two rounds, um, and he had 26 in that game versus Baylor before being ejected with 10-plus uh, minutes left in the second half. Um, a crazy call. Um, the officiating in that game was disgusting. <laughs> Just an absolute disgusting um just show of officiating there. Um, I feel bad for uh, UNC, but they still got the job done. Obviously, Armando Baycott, 32 points, 26 boards through the first two rounds. Um, but a point um, of emphasis for Baycott is his free throw shooting. He was seven for 15 from the line in this game. Um, that, again, like I just touched on with free throw shooting, that's going to be um, a problem if he is the one getting fouled late in the game where they're down, uh, you know, single digits or they're even if they're up single digits, if they put him at the line, he's got to knock those down. Um, RJ Davis had a huge performance against Baylor, putting uh, 30 points on the board. He's going to need to maybe not keep up 30 points per game, but he's going to have to keep up this um, level of production, just putting up points. Um with that manic ejection, thank God RJ Davis was able to put up those points for all UNC backers. Um, and Caleb Love fouled out early in that game. So RJ Davis came up clutch. Yeah. Um, you want to talk about that Baylor game more here, real quick? Yeah. Uh, I mean, for for me, I was all over UNC. And you look at Tally site, it was Saturday morning. Saturday, it was the first game of Saturday. And it was honestly, in my opinion, the best game of our entire first weekend um north carolina had all of the control and they were getting some favorable favorable calls early in this game for the first 30 minutes i'd say 10 minutes out 10 minutes in the second half happens manic is out for the game um hold on there's a tweet uh, that got my attention sorry um manic gets out, he's out for the game unc goes on a proceeds to go on a 30 to 8 run and i'm like tweeting up a storm about this one too, because it's just like, how in the world does this happen? Every call is going Baylor's way. Now the national champions are getting uh, everything they want, whether it's on the outside with all their threes that they're taking down low, uh, exploiting uh, matchup advantages. They now had outside of Baycott. Um, It was really interesting to me that, uh, Manic got kicked out of the game. In my opinion, I don't think it was a flagrant two. And then you were talking about it. You didn't think so either. No, I think that was just a crazy call, especially like in in a March Madness type uh, like game like that. Like it's not. It's I mean, it's not a flagrant two. It was crazy that he got ejected there. And obviously, like you said, a thirty to eight run. It was a huge swing in the game for Baylor. Yeah, and I'm sweating this three fifty. Sweet 16 appearance by North Carolina. Baycott steps up to the line and proceeds. He he misses like four or five free throws in the last three minutes. That was ridiculous. Yeah, yeah he shot seven for 15 for the whole game. So he was really dropping the ball at the line. Yeah. North Carolina Twitter was like hailing the man. But if they lost, a lot of them, a lot of them would have been coming at him. Oh, 100%. Yeah, they would have coin flipped and, and, you know, they would have MF'd him and that he's got to hit his free throws. And, you know, as much as we all 
motherfuck these guys. We got to remember <laughs> that they are just kids. <laughs> it's, you know, it, it's hard. You forget that in the midst of your gambling, sweating out these bets that these are 18, 19 year old kids at the line, like in a huge situation that they've never been in before. Yeah, man. I, so I put in our Slack channel, join the SGPN Slack. You can uh, find the link on the gambling podcast.com website. Uh, I put in our Slack channel, me and my roommates had free throw brackets, right? And um, I shot 46% on the mini hoop in our, in our dorm room. And then uh, my best roommate shot 54 and then my worst shot 43. So I was right in the middle. And you looked at the brackets and we thought our St. Peter's to the Sweet 16, all of us had them. We thought it was terrible. <laughs> it turns out it worked. So you want to touch on that? Uh, you want to get to the St. Peter's Purdue game? Sure. So let's move down. We obviously got the Cinderella of the tournament, St. Peter's knocking off everyone's beloved team in the SEC, Kentucky. Then they moved on to play Murray State, who got past San Fran and beat them in a 10-point game where they never trailed for a single minute in that game. And they are going to face Purdue, who got past Yale in the first round. I think we all kind of expected that the size uh, proved um, to be the factor in there. Um, They manned up on Yale, beat them by 22. Then we move on to the Texas game that was last night. Now we have an interesting stat from that game where um, Purdue shot 46 free throws in that game versus Texas, who shot 12 free throws. I don't know how you expect to beat a team if they're shooting almost four times more free throws than you. (laughs) I think it is impossible. So I don't know what was going on. I don't know how they were getting all these foul calls. I mean, obviously, Zach Eady down low, like if you can't guard him, you have to foul him. Um, But even then, I think he shot... 12 free throws in that game. So even if you take his out, they still shot 34 free throws compared to Texas 12. Um, and Texas was in that game the entire time. Like not yeah. until the 44 free throws. How do you not win by more than 10? <laughs> I don't, I have no idea. I don't know how this wasn't a 20 plus point win, especially when you make um, as much as they made, like they were not missing those free throws. So I can't, I don't know what, that game was a disaster. I, I, it was just a disaster. Uh, it, but it, again, we talked about this too, that these were the two choke artists team playing each other. I, th- I don't think this was necessarily a choke drop from Chris Beard. Like, it, like we said, how do you, when you get no, through, I, I guess the field goal percentage from Purdue was not great. So the defense showed up. They just had way too many fouls, I guess. Right. When you shoot 30, when you make 33 of your points from the charity stripe, like Texas really can't do anything. And obviously they were in foul trouble. I mean, I think uh, Purdue is in the double bonus with what, 11 minutes left in the second half. Yeah. So uh, like, I don't know. I, yeah, I mean, it is what it is, I guess. (laughs) So yeah, Purdue moves on to sweet 16 to play St. Peter's. Uh, does St. Peter stand a chance in this game? Initially looking at this, uh, I can't talk myself into a St. Peter's win. Um, maybe you can change my mind on a cover, but I'm still going to back Purdue here. I think 
the size of Purdue with eating Williams down low is just way too big for, obviously it's proven to be too much for a uh, big 12 team in Texas and uh, Yale in the Ivy league. I don't know how St. Peter's matches up with them down low. And even the guard play, I don't know who's going to guard Jay Nivey and slow him down. He's a lottery pick uh, in the draft. He's obviously very, uh, a very talented player. Um, he's averaging 20 points per game. He's getting his rebounds like he does. He uh, dishes it out very well. He only has three turnovers. Um, he's averaging three turnovers in the first two rounds. Um, Stefanovic has been very quiet in these first two games. He's only had 10 total points in the first two round in the first two rounds, excuse me. Um, I'm thinking that maybe if St. Peter's is going to focus on Ivy and eating Williams down low a lot, maybe Stefanovic gets some opportunities to drain some threes. I know we looked at the stats and St. Peter's three point defense is 16th in the country, which is amazing. Um, but if Stefanovic even just gets a couple open looks from three, he's going to be able to knock them down. We can't count um, him out of the game. He's going to be a factor. Um, and yeah, I just, Maybe you can talk me out of it, but I think Purdue kind of rolls here. Yeah, the spread is minus 12 and a half for a reason. Um, you look at public percentages. I don't know if you mentioned it, but there's it blows me away that St. Peter's is a public play right now. The spread is 12 and a half. What are you thinking? The Cinderella of the tournament that everybody is falling in love with is this bench player with this awesome mustache in St. Peter's. <laughs> I mean, there's no way that and there's no way that the books set this line at 12 and a half and welcome all the action that they're getting on the peacocks right now. Right. Yeah. I, yeah, it, it amazes me at this line and that it's a 75% public play. And even the money split is 50, 50 with 54% of it being on Purdue. Um, it, it's crazy to me that 75% of the public is on St. Peter's. I don't know if they're all just rooting for a Cinderella story or maybe they don't believe in Purdue and think they're going to choke. But I mean, if we look at St. Peter's, like you said, Doug uh, Eater coming off the bench is averaging 16 and a half points per game. Like this kid is a stud. He can get the points scored and put them on the board. Um, they struggled from three versus Murray State. Uh, they shot 23%. Um, is Eater averaging 16 in the tournament or in the season? Uh, in the tournament, excuse okay. me. So through the first two rounds, he's got 16 and a half, uh, through the season, he was averaging 10 points per game. So he's still putting up double digits, um, throughout the entire season. I think if they kind of find a middle ground between their three point shooting, um, with between the Kentucky game and the Murray state game that maybe they put up points here and keep it close. Um, KC and Defo has 12 points per game through the first two rounds. And Daryl banks had a huge game versus Kentucky where he put up 27 and four boards, which is, um, insane considering Oscar Sheway is on Kentucky and he's down low. Uh, so getting that many points with him, uh, you know, down low is pretty impressive. Um, but again, I think Purdue just outclasses them. I think the Cinderella story comes to an end in the Sweet 16. Uh, it would be awesome if they get to the Elite Eight. It would be super fun for them, super fun to watch. But I just think their road ends here. Yeah, they'd be the first 15 seed in the Elite Eight. And I mean, when I was reading off all these games in our first two episodes of the podcast of Brackets and Bets, um, I was like, is this 15 seed going to pull off on Oral Roberts? Is this 15 seed? I mean, obviously you can't really take a 15 seed on your bracket because a two seed's easily able to run the table and go to the final four, but holy shit, we were off on St. Peter's. Um, 
St. Right. Peter's, like I said, they're 12 and a half point dog for a reason. They're plus 650 on the money line for a reason. It's a public play and they're welcoming all this money. I, I, I have to think Purdue's definitely going to win this game. And I'm going to be on the opposite side of the public, 12 and a half. I don't think I gave analysis on a handicap for UNC UCLA. Did you? Um, I think I, I don't a, think so. I think yeah. I had a pretty good transition talking about the Baylor UNC game. And then we jumped right into St. Peter's because I mentioned them. So give me your handicap in North Carolina, UCLA. So this game is sitting at uh, UCLA favored by five. Oh, sorry. Excuse me. It's favored by two and a half two yeah excuse me sorry yep so ucla two point favorite all of my being wants to root for ucla and hope north carolina loses but i think with the way unc is playing it's really hard to bet against them um so i think i'm going to spin zone it here and root for a unc duke final four and i'm going to back unc their offense is just clicking uh and peaking perfectly at the right time uh, in the tournament. Um, I think if UCLA, like I said, is going to struggle offensively and especially if Hawkins isn't going to play, that is going to play a huge factor because Johnny Juzang hasn't been producing like he did last year in March um, or like he has all season. They kind of, he was their breakout star, um, but he just hasn't been at the top of the scoreboard. Like you kind of expect him to be with Hawkins. Um, so I think I'm going to take Tar Heels here. Yeah, I'm right there with you. I have UNC coming out of this region, like I mentioned in the beginning of the podcast. You look at UNC, like you said, they're one of the hottest teams right now. They're getting hot at the right time. And UCLA is coming in like a wounded duck without Hakas. And if you don't have Hakas or uh, uh, a reliable four guarding, guarding Manic. Uh, it, it's not it's not a good recipe for a win, let alone a two-point cover. I like UNC outright um, and give me the plus two. I'm going to lock that on tally site. Um, this game, the North Carolina UCLA game will be 939 on, T, on CBS following the uh, St. Peter's at uh, against Purdue at 709 on CBS. Um, anything else you'd like to mention on the East regional before we jump into the Midwest? Now, uh, I just, like you said, I think Brady Manick is just going to be a really big factor here. He's obviously caught super heat in this tournament. Yeah. I mean, shooting 50% from three in the first two games is just absolutely incredible. So uh, it's rare that I see a guy catch it beyond, beyond the arc and just expect it to go in. But every time Brady Manick has an open shot, I just assume that three points is going to be on the board for UNC. Um, so yeah, I like the Tar Heels. Yeah. And I mean, I want to touch on this too. If you have a matchup down low, are you taking Armando Baycott or Cody Riley and Miles My- Johnson? Who's winning a battle on the glass? Yeah, of course it's Baycott. Yeah. I mean, I, I don't know how you can see how hot North Carolina is and think that um, plus two is alarmingly low. I feel like a lot of people are going to be like, UCLA went to the Final Four last year. They're destined to do it again. They're bringing back everybody. Hakez says he might play. Mick Cronin said if Hakez can play, he will play him. Um, I like North Carolina here. The Midwest region on Brackets and Bets is brought to you by PropSwap, where America buys and sells their sports bets. March Madness is in full swing, and PropSwap is your place to cash in on the big dance. 
Every tournament prop swappers make thousands of dollars by simply buying and selling college basketball teams. You can always find the best odds on prop swap because you're buying directly from other bettors like yourself. Then after you make your purchase, you can either go for the win or resell your bet at any time to lock in a profit. Like Dave from Chicago, who purchased on PropSwap a $100 for $100, 80 to 1 odds on North Carolina winning the championship in January, and then resold it on PropSwap for $500. Use promo code SGP when you make your first deposit, and PropSwap will double it up to $500. Double the cash means double the odds. Go to PropSwap.com or download the free PropSwap app today. PropSwap has fantastic features like filtering listed tickets based on the best value, a free activity feed to stay in the know with all the big sales and red hot tickets for sale, a loyalty program, a loyalty rewards program that turns your ticket sales into extra bonus cash, and a first deposit cash use promo code SGP on your first deposit, and PropSwap will match your deposit up to $500. Join the real sports bettors. On PropSwap, where America buys and sells their sports bets. Midwest Regional, we have Kansas taking on Providence in the first game. The Jayhawks smoked Texas Southern and covered for me as I locked them on our last pod. Kansas is a well-rounded squad, but throughout the season, we forgot about one certain player. Remy Martin, wow. He won that game for the Hawks against the Blue Jays by putting up 20 points, 7 rebounds, and four assists. And against Texo, he dropped 15 points and four assists. All of it coming from the bench. Providence, on the other hand, ever since the last 10 minutes of the first half against South Dakota State, Ed Cooley and the Providence College Friars have dominated their opponents. As a team, they're shooting 20 for 44, 45% from three. But their standout player for me has been Noah Horkler. He had 13 points and nine rebounds against the Jackrabbits and 16 and 14 in the Friars blowout against Richmond. Nick, the line on win bet is, I didn't have it queued. Kansas minus seven and a half. Where do you fall? Oh, this is a tough one because I do love to root for Providence and Ed Cooley. Um, but Kansas, I think is the better skill team here. Um, I just want to say like the people that were saying Providence got lucky and maybe it was a fluke, like regular season win for them. Like, I think they're shutting all those guys up. Like Providence is a real deal. Yeah. We sniffed Uh, this out, bro. We both, we both went contrarian and it's paying off. Yeah. I mean, Providence is for real. And I do like this team. I think this line is like set perfectly for this game. It is. Oh, it's so hard. I am Mr. Chalk, but <laughs> damn, I don't know. I think I'm going to take the points with Providence and root for the dog and root against Bill Self. Um, but this is such a coin toss game at seven. Maybe you can convince me one way or the other. No, I'm on Providence too. Uh, get your popcorn ready because although I think Oshai Abaji will be the best player on the floor. Keep your eyes glued on the post down low between Providence's Nate Watson and Horkler against Kansas's David McCormick and Jalen Wilson. Whoever wins the battle on the glass, I think wins this game. Ultimately, I think Kansas has enough to get the job done, but this is a huge spot for Providence to get up and just make a statement. If you can beat Kansas, you either get a 10 or an 11 seed in the elite eight. 
This is as good of a chance as you'll ever get to make the final four. Go out, get the job done. Give me the seven and a half points with the Providence Friars. Love it. Uh, I'm I'm right there with you. I'm I'm hoping they get to the Elite Eight and set again set them up with a, a ten or eleven seed, like you said. I think even that game is going to be great. Um, so why don't we touch on that one? Yeah, let's get into it. So Iowa State, Miami, Florida. We have a Sweet Sixteen matchup between two double digit seeds. How did they get here? Iowa State they beat Wisconsin and Milwaukee. You can't make this shit up. TJ Otzelberger is from Milwaukee. Um, I seriously though, like the whole crowd, Wisconsin favored, just loud on every call. Iowa State really, really impressed me with their defense and they scored the least amount of points ever in their first two games to appear in the sweet 16. They win ugly games and rely on Isaiah Brockington to win them the game. Brockington is averaging 17 points per game and seven boards. Miami, Florida. It's not crazy to say that they have the best set of guards remaining in the Midwest regional. They beat USC in a very, very close game. And they beat Auburn by 11. Cameron Mcgusty, 17 and a half points per game. Isaiah Wong, 15 and a half points per game. Charlie Moore, 12.8 points per game. And Jordan Miller, 10.1 points per game, six rebounds per game. All four guards, they play small ball. Nick, you won the battle here. I think we both locked Miami and USC against each other. What do you have about this Hurricanes team that maybe you like them over Iowa State? I, it is so public, uh, but I do love Miami. Um, let me pull up that number really quick. 89% of the public is on Miami and 79% of the money is also on Miami. So if you take that into account, when you handicap these games, those are frightening numbers, uh, to hear, but sometimes the public is right. And sometimes you like what you like. Uh, I really don't stray away from picks where I have a strong opinion on them, seeing those numbers. Um, so I'm going to stick with my Hurricanes pick. Um, you touch on Isaiah Wong and Cameron McGussie. I mean, these two guys are awesome. Like in that Auburn game, they just owned Auburn. Like they put up 41 points combined. They're so fun to watch. Isaiah Wong is super just super exciting. And, and it's like two guys that you don't really expect coming from the 10 seed in Miami either. Um, especially like we kind of touched, um, last week with, um, the ACC, um, maybe being in a down year, but they're proving at least me wrong, um, by coming out and getting the job done. Um, so I'm going to take the hurricanes here. I, I really don't think Iowa state is that good of a team. Like you said, they have 113 points to the first two rounds going to the sweet 16. Um, I think they caught LSU, uh, you know, LSU wrong place at the wrong time with all of the stuff going on with them. So I think that's why they fell um, in the first round and then Wisconsin really just dropping the ball in classic big 10 fashion. Um, So I, I don't think that this, really proves to me that Iowa state is a good team. I do think their defense is good, um, but their offense is just really lackluster. And I think when you have two guards with Wong and McGussey that are going to put up points, I don't think their offense can keep up. So I'm going to lock up the hurricanes. Yeah. You mentioned the public percentages there and it nerves me because I don't have a strong feeling on this game. Like you do defense always travels. And I like 
Brockington as well. Um, Miami's defense just doesn't do it for me. Um, I, I think Iowa state wins the battle on the glass. Um, Miami, not a very good offensive rebounding team. Iowa state will take advantage down low with everything they can get. And I think they score in the paint against Iowa state. They keep this game low scoring, muck it up. I'm not confident about it at all. Um, because you are so confident on this. Uh, I, Iowa state is my play though. I'm going to take them. I'm going to take them on the money line and the spread, not going to lock it up though. I just feel like the storyline behind Iowa state's going to be pumped uh, through us because they had two wins all of last year and now they're in the sweet 16. So maybe um, I, I don't, I don't know. It it seems like that would be the storyline to me and it would be a public play, but it's not. So I I like Iowa state. Uh, plus so, so one question for you, if we look back at that Miami Auburn game, Jabari Smith projected number one, number two pick in the NBA, or sorry, in the draft uh, coming up, he was three for 16 from the field. Walker Kessler, zero for six from the field. Do you think that was more of them having an off, a really, really off day? Or do you think Miami's defense um, is maybe a little bit underrated? I mean, they held USC to 66 points, Auburn to 61 points. And I think there's something to be said with keeping Jabari at three for 16. I mean, Auburn as a team shot 21 for 69 from the field. So um, I don't know if you, what you think about that, whether it's Miami's defense or Auburn just having a really bad day. I, I think it's a little bit of both. I think Miami probably got up saying like, Hey, we're being doubted in this game. you look at the rebounding totals. I, I think, uh, so Auburn had 47 to Miami's 39. They won that battle there. And like you said, uh, Jabari, Jabari Smith went two of eight, one of eight, uh, two of eight from two, one of eight from three. That's probably just a bad night in my opinion, from a lottery pick NBA player. And we all knew the guards were rough on Auburn. Miami had the total edge there. And I, I took Miami plus seven and a half. So I kind of expected my or Auburn to have their hands full. I, I feel like this is just a spot where Iowa state seems battle tested playing in the big 12. Um, they earned the right to get here, although they don't do it in a very stylish fashion. I feel like that uh, they'll prove that they belong. Yeah. Okay. That's fair. I just thought I'd maybe bring it up and see if it's sweaty one way or the other. I think this is going to be a close game. And I agree with what you said about, you know, playing in the big 12 is no joke. That's clearly, um, I mean, maybe up until now, but during the regular season, that was clearly the best conference um, in the country. So, I mean, you're not wrong. And I don't hate the play. I just really feel like the guards of Miami are going to show out here. Yeah. And I believe the big 12 had six or seven teams in this tournament. I forget, but none of them really got outclassed or blown out. And there's three in the sweet 16, maybe four. I think there's three in the sweet 16. Baylor was the only one where it was like, whoa, but Baylor came back and put up a really good fight against UNC. Uh, the ACC has been surprising. So may, maybe I'm just looking down upon the ACC. Uh, the ACC has Duke, UNC, and Miami, which were arguably the three top teams in the ACC this year. So maybe I am wrong, but I'm going to go against the public here. Uh, that's that's a damning number to be 89% on uh, Miami. So 
we've gone over all the regions. We touched on some odds, but let's let's run them back again. Gonzaga to the final four minus two twenty. Arkansas plus nine hundred of the final four. Texas Tech plus four hundred of the final four. Duke plus four twenty five to the final four. Nick, how do you predict the West region? I think we're going to have a Gonzaga Duke Elite Eight, and I think Duke's going to take that first game and build on it and beat Gonzaga again and move on to the final four. I like the plus 425. I, the plus 425 is the value play. And I said on our other podcasts, I really only think it's Gonzaga out of this region, but if there was another one, it would be Duke plus 500 at that time you're still getting great value that really hasn't changed. It's plus 425 on Duke, but I like Gonzaga over Duke to get to the final four minus 220. It's not really bettable in my opinion, but if you want to parlay it with somebody else, go right ahead. Um, We have on the left side of the bracket at the bottom, UNC is plus 350 to go to the final four. UCLA is plus 210. Purdue is the betting favorite at minus 125 out of the East region. And they face off against St. Peter's, who is a plus 1400 betting odd to get to the final four. How do you forecast the East? So I initially had um, obviously Kentucky coming out of it before everything kicked off. Um, Looking at where it is now, um, I was looking at UCLA plus um, 225. I believe the number was, um, but I think, I think I'm going to switch my pick to to North Carolina coming out of the Let's East. Go. I I they're just so hot right now, and UCLA doesn't look um, even with Hawkins in those first two games. They don't look up to form. Um, so if he's not going to be 100, percent whether he plays um, or if he doesn't play at all, I think North Carolina's offense is just um, kind of untouchable right now. I think they're going to get to the elite eight and play the winner of Purdue uh, St. Peter's. So we'll see how that plays out, but I'm going to have UNC moving on to play Duke. Yeah. We, we ride the hot hand here. Give me UNC plus three fifty to come out of this region. I think they take advantage of UCLA, whether it's a wounded Hawkes or whether Hawkes doesn't even play at all. I like UNC down low against UCLA. Um, and just their whole offense right now is hot. Like, I think we were talking about this before the show. North Carolina put up 95 on Marquette in regular time and then 93 on Baylor in uh, an extra five minutes of time. Those are two really, they're like good defensive squads. (laughs) Like Shaka Smart prides himself on defense and Baylor has had a good defense over the last two years during their national championship run. They've finished top 20 in defensive or top I think they were 22nd in defensive efficiency last year, although it was COVID skewed. And then they were top 20 this year, defensive efficiency as well. This UNC offense is just so hot. Then you look up and look at their elite eight matchup. They're probably going to have Purdue in my opinion. Uh, Purdue chokes, man. <laughs> that's, that's my only angle with uh, if there's one team, because if you're looking for value, if there's one team that can compete with Purdue's bigs down low, it's UNC with Manic and Baycott against their two trees, right? That UNC plus 350 is the future that I think you want to take here. 
Yeah, I mean, since we have Purdue playing the 15 seed, and I'm expecting them to not choke in that spot. Um, if it's going to be Baylor UCLA, I think, uh, or sorry, if it's going to be UNC UCLA, I think UNC's bigs match up better with the trees down low and the guard play also, I think is, is pretty even obviously Jaden Ivey and Stefanovic um, from deep are really good, but uh, don't count out Caleb love uh, RJ Davis. Um, like the, the it's going to be a good game. If that's the matchup that we get, One that's going to, that's going to be a great game. Yeah. For real. Like um, we, it's just uh, death taxes and Matt Painter not in the final four. That's <laughs> just what it is for me. <laughs> right. I mean, and everybody's talking about fade the Big Ten. If you want to fade the Big Ten, North Carolina has to be the play, in my opinion, because there's just a, a, a few questions about UCLA that I don't really like right now. So UNC plus 350 is where I'm at. Let's head over to the Midwest, bottom right corner of your bracket. Kansas minus 200 to make the final four. They're the betting favorite out of the Midwest Providence plus five fifty, Iowa state plus 500 Miami, Florida plus four seventy five. What does your bracket look like, Nick? Oh, so I'm going to take Miami over, uh, Iowa state and I'm going to take Kansas beating Providence, but Providence stay within that number. Um, in terms of the futures of the team coming out, I'm going to put half a unit on two teams here. I'm going to put a half a unit on Miami plus 475 to come out of the Midwest and a half a unit on Providence to come out of the Midwest. Um, Providence is plus 550 and Miami's plus 475. Like I said, I think Miami is going to move on to the Elite Eight and uh, have a better chance at getting out. Although, um, obviously, because Providence is playing Kansas. Um, but if Providence moves on, and they both match up that I'm it's a profitable play if you got both of those teams. So, um, but I really like Miami's chances. I think it's going to be a, a tough matchup versus Kansas, but I like plus four seventy five uh, considering they're playing Iowa state. Yeah. Um, I like the Providence squad, but you look at the betting odds and Kansas is minus 200 to come out of this region. Providence is behind the 10 and 11 seeds by a considerable amount. Do we really think that Providence can beat Kansas? Um, I mean, the spread says it, right? If we're both, we were both in agreement that seven is a good spot. Um, so yeah, are the odds very good for them to get past Kansas? No, but I mean, if they're going to have a day, it's got to be right now, right? If they know that if they put their all out there and then they get to play a 10 or 11 seed, I mean, Friday's the day. Yeah, I, I just I just want to run this by Mr. Chalk, okay? Um, uh, I love that um, nickname. What? I love that nickname. I'm just gonna go with it. Although, <laughs> even though I'm not going chalk here, not taking Kansas, but um, I, Gonzaga minus one sixty five, Kansas minus two hundred. Parlay it. A half unit uh, for a one hundred dollar unit. Let's go fifty dollars to win one fifty five fifty. Um, Mr. Chalk, do you like it? 
Um, yeah, if you're a Ducator, yeah, take it. <laughs> if you're locked in on Gonzaga getting out, which I imagine most people are, yeah. um, then Kansas is what you're going to want to parlay it with, right? Because I think Arizona is going to run into a battle. Like, if we're looking yeah. for things to parlay Gonzaga with, Arizona is going to have two tough battles. Houston is going to be big, and then whoever comes out of the Michigan Villanova game is going to be hard. So I don't like necessarily put my full trust in them. And then the East, again, that game that I expect to be Purdue, North Carolina, uh, I wouldn't put it in a parlay. So yeah, if you're going to parlay Gonzaga, Kansas is definitely the play. Yeah. So I, I, I think Kansas edges out Providence. I think Providence is going to make this one chippy as hell. Um, and then give me Iowa state, not very confident in that one at all, but give me a, a big 12 matchup. Kansas, Iowa State. Uh, I feel like Kansas gets the best of them. What was the regular season matchups between the two teams? Let me go find this. Uh, if, if that's the Elite Eight game that uh, we're gonna get, like, put that line at like Kansas minus. Well, I guess let me. Let, I'll have you tell me the scores of the game first. But I can only imagine that Kansas is probably gonna stop them out. So on January 11th, Kansas beat them 62 to 61. Wow, that was really close. And, wow. And that was at Kansas. Then huh. on, the, on the road on February 1st, almost a month later, Iowa State lost 70 to 61. They lost by nine on their home court. Wow. All right. So I'm glad I, that you told I me would that. set this line at eight. Yeah, I'll lay the points still, though. <laughs> I think they know <laughs> each other. Like, I was going to say I would, like, lay up to, like, 12. Um, but those two games are very close. I think it's just a factor of... Um, that they play each other and they know each other well um, because obviously they're in the same conference. Um, yeah, so that, that a Kansas money line just to get out of just to get out of the region, right? <laughs> right. Yeah. yeah. So if that's a game they're going to get, like a hundred percent, I trust Kansas. Like Kansas, an in-conference game, uh, it could be trickier though, too, right? Because then you, the dog gets maybe an upper hand as well. So yeah, and there's that famous moniker that it's hard to beat a team three times in one season. So, <laughs> I hear everybody say that, but like I, I, I was about to say, I, I tried, I tried to follow the that thing in the conference tournaments and it got too much because it was like, how many matchups are there? Like, of course, like if you play each other in the conference tournament, that's your third time matching up against each other. And it was just hard to follow because the whole conference tournament season was like a week and a half long. But I felt like if I was on the side that I was like, it's hard to beat a team three times. And that was my only angle. And I'd pick it on tally, no lock. I felt like it lost. Like, I, I feel like it might just be a myth. Yeah, it's and it's like a it's a weird thing too, right? Because uh, if you're gonna play, like you said, if you're gonna play a team three times, it's gonna be in the conference tournament. Which, like, if it comes down to like, especially, you know, it's gonna if it's gonna be two good teams, right? Like a one and two seed playing each other three times. It's like, well, yeah, obviously the two seed is gonna get like an upset, you know, once in a while, or you know, because it's gonna be a close game no matter what. So it's not like. I don't know. I don't believe in that. I think the better team is just going to win all three times. If you're going to, you know what I mean? Like if Duke is going to play like, uh, I'm like this down Virginia team three times, I'm going to take Duke every time. Yeah. So you're saying the better team is going to emerge in Gonzaga and beat Duke. And then, Oh, well, they're not in the same, they're not in the same conference. That doesn't (laughs) apply. (laughs) Uh, yeah. I, I like, I like if, if you can parlay those on your book, I'd take Gonzaga, Kansas to go to the final four. 
Kansas or uh, maybe Miami, Florida, or he's also sprinkling Providence, that bottom right region. I mean, it seems chalky with Kansas, but he's got some sprinkles there. They would face off against what I think I say this, the best one for last. Cause I would, I honestly, I could see any one of these four teams making it out and going to the sweet 16. Currently, the odds to advance to the final four, Arizona plus 140, Houston plus 225, Villanova plus 240, and Michigan plus 900 to get out of the South Regional. Um, Nick, <laughs> I mean, I don't think you could go wrong in any pick that you give out here, but um, how do you predict the South to go? Yeah, again, this is so hard. Like you said, I think all four of these teams, you're getting uh, a good team regardless of who you bet on. Um, I think whoever wins in the top side of this uh, region wins between Arizona, Houston, if they, whichever one of those teams moves on gets the dub, um, which is hard because obviously they're the two favorites as well. So um, I'll take... I'll go back to my roots of Mr. Chalk and take Arizona plus 140. Um, and I think that's the only play I'll have in this region. Uh, I just think that they're the best team. Um, they're deserving. They're, they deserve the one seed, um, but it ain't, it is not an easy road. Yeah. Um, I look at it and I look at the future that I've already placed on Arizona. It was plus 140 for them to, uh, get to the final four at the beginning of the tournament is plus 140. Now the value has not changed. Um, so I'm not going to go Zona and I think it's dumb to go plus 225 Houston. I mean, not dumb. I could hedge it out and then Houston gets there, but you know what I want? I, I, I also already have action on Villanova and Michigan too. <laughs> I have Nova plus 300 and Michigan plus 3000. I placed those at the beginning of the tournament. I like where I sit. I have three. I was going to say, I have three of the final four teams or in this region. I'm trying to do the math in my head, whether Houston would be dumb or if it's smart and I'd make money any way possible. Yeah. I'm, I'm too stupid for these features because I always want to at least take two of them. But then yeah. like I, with this region in specific, it's just too hard because it's hard for me to not take Arizona at plus one forty. But then like you said, like my second pick would be Houston, but then they play each other. So it's yeah. like, yeah, I don't know. At least like with the Midwest, with the two dogs that I took, if one of them comes out, it's profitable no matter what. Yeah. But with this, it's so hard. So I'm just too stupid for this. So I'm just gonna take Arizona and, and just <laughs> pray that they get it done. Yeah, I mean, I don't think I don't think it's smart to go half or even a quarter unit. I already have a ton of action. And that would just be my luck if Houston comes out of here. I know NC Nick actually has Houston in his final four. He had them at the beginning of the tournament, so that really, really scares me. That's a, that's the only team I don't have action on here um, I, I was on Nova because I liked their path getting there and then I honestly was kind of doubting myself that Michigan would be able to win two games in a row but they're here um, the value on Michigan seems to be there they're the 15th favorite out of 16 teams to get to the final four at plus 900 right now on win bet sportsbook I don't know I'm just going to stay away I um, if, if you're listening to me and you want a pick 
I'd go Arizona. They're plus 140 right now. The value hasn't changed. That should make you feel pretty confident um, in them because, I mean, they predicted probably them to be playing Houston. So they got it spot on and they haven't felt the need to change it because they have Villanova down at the bottom. So I would feel comfortable laying Zona. And if you want a value play, go Michigan. <laughs> hey, you got to throw them in there, right? I mean, yeah. they got a good matchup. Like what, what do you have them at again? What'd you say? What do you have Michigan at again? Plus 3000 to come out and I have them plus 700 to get to the elite eight. Yeah. I mean, that's, I mean, the, this matchup is the best of, uh, like if they were to face Arizona Houston, it would be a lot worse than facing Villanova. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I, obviously you have the best value there. Even if you, yeah, if people want to take it now at plus 900, like that's the biggest value, they're the biggest dog, but they have the best matchup that they can get uh, out of these four teams. Yeah, man. I was talking, um, this is the region that I have my paw prints all over because I had UAB in the 16 as well. So I put, I put a quarter unit on them. Um, but I mean, this goes back to what I also took South plus 190 to have the winner because I liked Arizona. And right now, this is, in my opinion, the strongest region with four teams that could win it all. You could maybe argue the West with all four, one, two, three, four seeds being there. But Arizona, Houston, Michigan, Villanova feel like could make good cases as well. The only one being Michigan with like a 70 defensive efficiency. But to me, the South looks like they're in great position. So I have Arizona beating Houston on my bracket, even though I'm going to hedge that out. I took Houston or I'm going to take Houston money line in that game. Um, And then I have Michigan beating Villanova. I like the matchup that they have and give me Arizona over Michigan um, in a rematch of a feast week game where Arizona beat us by 20. I just don't see Michigan being able to do that. I do have Michigan plus 3000 sprinkled there if they can play Houston. Right. So, all right. Final fours, give me your final four teams and your picks to win. I'm going to take the classic Duke, North Carolina in the final four. (laughs) We're going to, you know, we're going to write this one in the books. It's coach K's last run. It would only make sense if they play North Carolina in the final four. It feels so obvious that it's going to happen. Everybody's going to say it's rigged. We talked about it pre-show. I I really don't believe that any of this stuff is rigged in any game, any league. But I would love for them to at least one time do it for do it for the country and have Duke North Carolina. <laughs> um, and then I'm gonna have Arizona versus Kansas uh, in the final four on that side of the bracket. We're gonna have a Duke Arizona final. And of course, I got the Blue Devils in a close, high-scoring game. Okay, so my bracket, my original bracket, I had Gonzaga and Zona in the championship. It still stands as cement. We're going Gonzaga, Arizona. I have Gonzaga beating North Carolina and Arizona being Kansas. I have futures on both Gonzaga and Arizona to win it all. I have it. Uh, I had I had Arizona plus eleven hundred in January, and I have Gonzaga plus 325. I placed that before the tournament. Of course, Kentucky plus 800 bricked for me. Uh, Anyway, I think, I think that, I think you could see that game being played out any way possible, whether it's the uh, teacher getting the win over the pupil or the student besting teacher. 
if if I have to go down on record, I'm going to go with my original prediction. I like Arizona to win it all. Yeah, I mean, they are an amazing team. I hope, I, like I said, again, we were talking pre-show. I hope they limit Crease's minutes at least because he, I really just think he's hurting the team. I love the passion from the kid, though. It's oh, 100%. A hundred percent. It's impossible to tell him no. And like, you can't, right? Like, it, I mean, you have to let him play. I just, I, I wish they sat him against TCU. I think, it kind of did feel like you didn't really need to play him against TCU, but maybe right. I'm wrong. They went to overtime against him. So, yeah, I, yeah, I mean, I see it. It's hard if, you know, if this, if it played out the same exact way and they didn't play Creesa, everyone would have been like, why wasn't why he playing? Play type thing? If he was exactly. But because of it, again, now people are saying the opposite. I mean, you, you know how it is on Twitter. People are going to be mad about everything, but. Yeah. Would it have been the same way if he didn't play? Obviously, it, you, no one knows. Um, it just feels like he's kind of hurting them, maybe. Um, if he if he was going to sit out a game, obviously, you sit him for that TCU game and then put him in versus Houston with that extra rest. But I don't know. They're going to... I mean, they have to play him versus Houston, right? Like, this is going to be their best... <clears throat> the best matchup that they're going to have, I think. Yeah. I, I love the tweet that you sent out while we're recording the podcast. <laughs> Oh yeah. Shout out Nick Dant. He's got Texas tech and I don't know why. Sometimes you just gotta, you gotta ride with your team. You can't. I, I, I think he has Duke winning it all. <laughs> I, again, I don't know if this is an emotional hedge by, by Nick just taking Texas tech. So if he bets them and has them that he's not like double sad, but listen, I'll, I'll die with this team. I, I have to, <laughs> there's like, no other way. I feel like I should, Hedge uh, Arizona with a Houston future, but I have I'm going to take Houston money line there. I feel like that's good enough as well for me. Um, I again, I think we killed the pod, Nick. Yeah, this is so fun. I love I love college basketball. I, this whole weekend, Thursday through Sunday, like I I was just so happy the entire four days. Like those are the I was talking to my friends that like don't really aren't into this world and all that, and I'm like. You guys don't understand, like, this is the best four days of my life every year. Yeah, like, totally. I would do, um, and, and I, I think I tweeted out, too, like, these four days took, like, 10 years off my life. But if I yeah. could do this all the time, I would. Like, there's nothing like March Madness, especially those first four days. It's just 20, it, just, it feels like 24 hours there's basketball. Like, I think I slept a combined 10 hours through those first four days. Yeah, and of course, we're able to do this. Uh, thank you guys for giving us the attention, the downloads on the uh, whatever streaming app you're using to listen to your podcasts. Um, we want to thank you for uh, showing them that, hey, these guys can build a little bit of an audience. We'll give them their own show. Last last episode, I was calling it the college basketball experience, and now we're calling it Brackets and Bets with Nick and Noah. It's a great feeling to uh, be doing this with you. I, I enjoy talking college basketball with Nick and I think I feel like we'll be back before the final four. Um, I, th- I think that should be a guarantee. We'll have plenty of props and plenty of, an- plenty of angles to go over with you guys. Um, give Nick a follow on Twitter at CBB Nick. Give me a follow on Twitter at 70, the word 70, the number seven NB. 
Um, and also I jumped on if you're if you're a millennial or hey, you're just a degen at heart, um, follow the at gambling podcast on TikTok. I took over that account and hey, we're getting uh pretty good views on some of the videos we put out. And TikTok is kind of random where one video is gonna blow up and you got five, four or five that sit in like 10 likes or 20 likes or whatever. But uh, I, I thought I thought we had a really good video with the first half unders. That one blew up. We had like 10,000 views on that. And then one of Colby's locks, lock dog videos on... It was the Thursday slate where he went three and one and hit New Mexico State as an underdog. That one blew up. If you guys were uh, listening to it or watching it, thank you. Um, yeah, I think I think we're out. Right, Nick? Yeah, again, I just want to uh, add on to what you said. You know, thanks to everyone that listens and downloads the pod. You guys uh, gave us an opportunity and, and we're going to take advantage of it. And we appreciate it a lot. Um, you know, I think I speak for myself and Noah when I say that if there wasn't a microphone in front of us, we'd still be saying the same thing to <laughs> we'd, I, I'd be saying it to my wall in front of me. I love talking about college basketball. This is my, this is my favorite sport. And uh you know, I just want to, again, thank you guys for giving us this opportunity. So shout out to all you guys. Yeah. You mentioned how like March madness, man, it is the best time because I, I used to, I used to like bull season as well, but the transfer portal, all the coaching movements, it, it's ruined that part of the year for me. Um, March madness is truly, truly the only one now that the standout, you don't get a St. Peter's in college football. That's why college basketball is the best. Yeah, if I I think I'm stealing this from John Rothstein that if you uh, hate college basketball, you hate fun. Like this, this, this tournament is you can't compare it to anything else in the sports world. It is just unbelievable. It's anarchy. <laughs> um, Love to see it. That's one of his sayings as well. So. Um, download the SGPN app. You will be able to see all of our picks against the spread money line. And some people pick overs and unders. We have like 10 plus college basketball analysts on there. Um, all of them knowledgeable about the sport. Uh, give us a shot, download the app, uh, go to gamblingpodcast.com, and you'll be able to see everything there as well. Um, I bid you adieu. Adios.